Okay. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the Groovy Podcast. This is episode number 46. Do you realize we're headed toward 50? I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, we're making progress, 46. Yeah. Well, my name is Ken Cousin. I'm podcasting from Marlboro, Connecticut, and I'm joined by the inimitable... I'm Baruch Sadogurski, broadcasting you from Sunnyvale, California. Oh, I put in San Jose. I got to fix that on the show notes. So you'd think That's I'd okay. know by now, you know? Uh, it's all it's all here. San Jose is somewhere across the street. So that's somewhere fine. in Silicon Valley, right? Yeah, it's across so San Jose is where there is no other city. It's San Jose. I'm waiting for you to make a cameo on the show, you know. <laughs> Silicon Valley. Um yep. how are things out there? By the way, we haven't we haven't spoken for a while. Even when I did the last podcast I did it with Ryan uh Vanderverf. Uh, you've been traveling all over the world, right? Yeah, we had our own user conference, um, what, like three weeks ago? Yep. And uh, yeah, so I was really preoccupied with that. And and then I took a short vacation. So yeah, I've been out for, for uh, I think, a month and a half or something, doing only our Swamp Up stuff. And uh, yeah, it was great. I saw a lot of tweets from that. Yeah, it was very active stuff going on there uh, of course the during the time we were in our little hiatus here um, they had great conf in Copenhagen and that's right that's the first time in a little while that neither of us were there right yep 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 that's um, uh, we had a Jeffro representative there Michael Hooterman attended and um, did some talks for the uh, DevOps um, track, or was it a DevOps Day? I think it was a DevOps Day. Right, right. So uh, we had some representation there, but none of us were there. Um, so yeah, that's that's an interesting concept that we see, right? It's both Great ConfU and uh, Great ConfU S. Uh, they add this DevOps edition to the uh, to the conference, and I think it makes a lot of sense, both because um, DevOps, you can edit those days to everything, right? It's like the secret sauce that um, always seems appropriate. But also, it actually makes sense in the groovy context because we see more and more groovy being involved in DevOps-oriented things. And, of course, um, stuff like Gradle and uh, the new pipelines in Jenkins and and what's not uh, looks like groovy taking his spot um there side by side with the typical devops languages like um ruby for chef and python uh, sorry for chef and uh, a puppet and python for ansible salt etc looks like groovy groovy is there as well well, I'm glad to see that. I, I don't actually know much about the DevOps side. You know, that, that space is, I, I know several people who do it. I just have never been all that good at it myself. I've, I've always spent more time focused on the pure developer side of it. Uh, but I'm glad that I, I definitely agree with you that Groovy is starting to make more of an impact on that side. I've got a link that we'll get to in the show notes uh, related to that. And yes, uh, great comp both in EU and in the US is going to have a DevOps day as well. So that'll be interesting to see. 
Um, I, I noticed they did do a Groovy Puzzlers, though, right? At the at yes. Uh, who did yes. that? Was it Noam? Uh, Noam, yeah, Noam and uh, Andres. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. And uh, there was, uh, of course, there was a keynote by uh, Jeff Brown, I believe, uh, talking about Grails, and he announced some of the upcoming features. We this is kind of an unusual gap that we've had because we happened to hit an in-between time on most of the major Groovy-related frameworks. That They're all releasing milestone versions or release candidates. We just haven't quite hit a new release on uh, Groovy or Gradle or Grails. Uh, I think Grails, I believe, released milestone. It was a 3.3 milestone release, I think, uh, came out pretty recently. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I know they're headed for the full 3.3 release. I'm not sure what the schedule is for that. Uh, meanwhile, Groovy had a 2.5 beta come out. Yeah, and uh, 2.5 is supposed to be a relatively big one. Um, it has all the macro additions, macro groovy and macro methods in it. Will and, it? Uh, so is that going to have the parrot parser? I thought that was being held for 3.0, but I, I haven't really checked recently. I, I'm pretty sure the macro stuff was targeted to 2.5, and I think it was merged into the 2.5 very long ago. If mm. nothing changed, I think it should be in there, but uh, we can just check, I guess. Well, so that's I'll the case. take a look in that. I mean, what I'm looking forward to in the, the, the upgraded version of Groovy will be the, the support for the Java 8 syntax and the ability to use, like, you know, default methods and interfaces and static methods and interfaces, as, as well as the lambdas expre lambda expressions and method references. I mean, we always had a workaround for the lambdas and the method references just by using Groovy closures, but it'll be mm -hmm. nice to do the, the static and default methods and the interfaces and uh, and more, of course, going on and on on that. I, I've been spending my life these days swimming in Java 8 and Java 9 waters. Uh, by the way, I know it's not directly relevant to Groovy, although it will be indirectly relevant. Have you been following this whole uh, jigsaw scenario? At, uh, yeah, yeah, that's 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 interesting, and I think unprecedented the the vote that they had in GCP. Um, and um, I guess it's for a reason. I I don't know a lot of people that actually like what what Project Jigsaw brings in terms of. Um, user model right i know that uh, java core team oracle guys are really excited about the modularization of the jdk itself and i think that's that's the good thing about it but uh, what we are going to get as as users of java i think is much less exciting for the whole industry the uh the side of that i've seen for the that affects the groovy related stuff or affects all of the non-JVM-based languages, uh, just to get people caught up. Uh, the, there, are, there are many changes proposed for Java 9 as opposed to Java 8, but most of them are minor evolutionary variations. You know, they've added some methods to optional. They've added some methods to stream. They've uh, added a few new date time things. You know, there, there's a, a set of miscellaneous things that are around. They added things like private methods to interfaces. I mean, there are some changes. But of course, the big newsworthy item for Java 9 is the Jigsaw implementation of JSR, what is it, 376, I think it is. It's uh, the Java Platform Management System, which 
to my astonishment, is abbreviated JPMS or Java PMS. I mean, didn't anybody think about this before they labeled it? You know, I can't. Well, apparently, apparently it makes sense, right? Are, are there no women on the team at all, or the ones who are there making an ironic statement? You know, I, I just, I, I'm astonished. But at any rate, when J, when the, when JPMS was proposed, there was a vote, of course, in early May as to whether it would make it into the Java 9 release. And IBM and Red Hat came out ahead of time and stated that they were not going to support this. Now, both of them have vested interests in other technologies. Red Hat, of course, has their, their own Red Hat or JBoss module system and was, I'm not, sorry, not Red Hat, IBM was supporting OSGI, of course, which they have an implementation of. And both were pointing out deficiencies, but many other groups also found things not to like. I mean, the basic idea of deep encapsulation like that is an interesting one and valid for various reasons, but you don't get any new feature without a price, you know? And the fact that public doesn't mean public anymore if it's not exposed in a module is a problem. And the fact that reflection will no longer work unless you happen to be in the same module. I mean, these are all, you know, big deals. Any rate, so the vote failed and as a consequence of this and lots and lots of emails going back and forth in the team, they eventually decided to postpone Java 9 so that instead of coming out in the late time frame in July, now it's been postponed yes. to September 21st, I mm -hmm. believe. Mm -hmm. But from what I understand, there's going to be another vote on the JPMS part soon, like within a week or two. And I, I believe this one. No, I believe this one will pass. Um, as you saw, a lot of no votes that we had in the previous votes were okay. So we wanted to fail just so you Oracle um, will speak with Red Hat and IBM, right? Because there is sixty percent. I think that it's needed to be passed, and a lot of other JCP members voted no to kind of make sure that it won't pass there. And their comment where now is the uh, Oracle to figure it out between you. So take another month and speak about it. That was kind of the, the, the majority of no votes went into this direction. We would like to see more consensus between those giants uh, for such a major feature to be included. Uh, we got a little bit of lag there during your, your comment, so I didn't catch all of that. Uh, my, my sense was, and again, I, I'm just, I'm not involved. I'm just following some of the people on Twitter and on their newsletters and stuff just to, to see what's going on. But the sense I got was that it's very unlikely that Red Hat or IBM will change their vote, but that there, there have been enough changes in the rest of it that, as you say, the rest of the people who voted no may now feel they've been provided enough cover to change their vote. And exactly. Yeah, I, I'd be very surprised if some form of this wasn't included. But issues like how they're going to handle automatic modules and all that other stuff is still, I think, not quite resolved. Of course, the part that I found most interesting is not the part that got most of the press. It's, you know, a lot of languages like Groovy and other APIs like Spring and Hibernate rely on reflection. You know, they really need it. And if 
you're talking about something that's based on modules that has not necessarily uh, exported a particular module, then you can't just automatically reflect and find out what methods and classes are available. And they decided that there was a proposal to say, at first the flag was going to be called allow illegal access and defaulted to true, <laughs> something mm -hmm, like mm -hmm, that, mm -hmm. which is like, wow, talk about a, a heavily emotionally labeled, you know, loaded name. You know, I, there's a lot of, a uh, lot said in that flag. I think they're going to change the name of that flag, but the idea of having, um, illegal reflection access available by default in Java 9 to be removed in Java 10 yes. should yes. have some positive reactions to the, the non-JVM language-based community who exactly. relies on that stuff pretty heavily. Now, there are other well, uh, issues. Yes, JVM, but not Java language community. And then, and that's, for example, very relevant for, for us in Groovy because mm. tons of code is written to access a private variables as they were public. And, and uh, of course, that will break the moment um, you enable Jigsaw and uh, um, in previous incarnation without this flag. So by default, everything will will break. And, and Groovy is heavily um, uh, invested in, yeah, in, 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 in this private access that won't work anymore so for us for groovy community revising this default is extremely important because it actually means that you can run groovy on jdk9 and it will work in the way it works today and i think spring and, hibernate, spring and hibernate both take advantage of this also yes. i mean so it's Absolutely. not just a groovy thing but it will yeah directly impact groovy there's other parts that that are also impacting Groovy, like the fact, I think, that you can't have the same package in more than one module. It turns out to be a complication based on the way they divided up the modules in the JDK, you know? I mean, in your own code, you can determine things however you want, but we are all going to be impacted by the module mechanisms inside the, the JDK. By the way, uh, I've been playing with IntelliJ a lot, and the latest IntelliJ uh, version the 2017.2 early access now detects when you ask for a class that's not in a an, a module that you've uh, asked for an export for and it will automatically generate the module info file and and put the export coded and everything now I know that there's already a tool for that but it's nice to see the IDE manufacturers uh, anticipating this and trying to to handle it. So we'll see how all that plays out. I, I know at the at Gradle, they're working very hard now and trying to make everything work under Java 9 and uh, because, of course, they're directly impacted by this whole organizational structure and how you handle the transitive dependencies and everything. So I know there'll be some announcements at the Gradle Summit next week on all of that. Yeah, so we are we are waiting for that, of course. So this was all a discussion that we started because of the Groovy 2.5 beta coming out and the new Parrot parser and all the Java 8 stuff. But it's nice to know they're thinking about Java 9 and, and issues. No, so so I, don't, I, I don't think, I think you misheard me. Well, uh, I spoke about macro module support, not necessarily a new uh, Parrot parser. I don't think Parrot parser right. is in 2.5. Parrot parser is targeted to 3. The macro module uh, is in 2.5, and it's actually been there from the alpha version, so it definitely will be released. That is what you said. You're right. And uh, I was assuming for a long time that the 
um, macro modules or the macro parser or whatever. It's something else. What's it called? The macro capability, Part. whatever. Macro, yes, macro modules, and uh, that's something else. Yeah, I assume that was part of the Parrot parser, but you're right, it's also separate. So, uh, yeah, that'll be interesting to see. I, I'm looking forward to seeing interesting um, applications of that uh, to see how uh, people are able to take advantage of that new capability. So I, I do expect 3.0 to be out before the end of the year. I just don't know when. I haven't looked uh, for any time frame on that at the moment. Uh, Gradle uh, mentioned they have a release candidate uh, RC3 of Gradle 4.0, and I I know Gradle 4.0 will have a release very soon. Uh, if not before, then it should be out by in time for the Gradle Summit, which uh, at the time of this recording is about a week and a half away. That's that's uh, next Thursday, Friday. What is it, the 22nd and 23rd, I believe, uh, something like that of June. Yes. It it uh, looks like it looks like they're targeting their release to there, and that's why the release candidates are are getting closer. So and that's and that's a very big one, right? It's a it's a really major uh, release. Yeah, and the biggest difference is the enormous boost in, in in speed. They really are going all out to make Gradle as fast or faster than Maven in any conceivable circumstance. Plus, they've been working very hard to speed up the Gradle builds for Android projects, especially large Android projects. And they've been working closely with the people at Google in order to do that. So I expect there's going to be several talks at the at the Gradle Summit related to that as well. Now, that doesn't affect the, the groovy people directly. It's just nice to see Gradle will have this uh, burst in performance that we expect to happen automatically. I mean, the, the addition of the build cache is, is very nice. And they, they even have a distributed caching mechanism for the results of individual tasks so that you can. Yes, and, and it works very nicely with Artifactory, of course. And I have to put my shameless, shameless plug right there. Um, one of our uh, solution engineers published a very nice blog post about how easy it is to enable a, a distributed cache and put it on Artifactory and they'll make it available through the whole uh, team. Um, and uh, I will I will add the, the link to the show note. Yeah, I, I don't know how I missed adding that to the show notes. So please, uh, when you get an opportunity. Sure, yeah, of course. Uh, of course, then I would be remiss since I, you know, in the interest of full disclosure, I'm, I'm working with Gradle these days on, uh, especially on their getting started guides. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't point out that the Gradle Enterprise tool, of course, is what they're trying to uh, market as their distributed caching mechanism as well. Yes. So it's like if you want to do a build scan, anybody can do that for free. But if you want the build scans and the history and all the recommendations and everything to be in-house, that's where they're marketing their enterprise tool. Uh, but of course, there's a very friendly relationship between Gradle and, and Artifactory. And it is. It always has been. Right. Uh, so at any rate, we'll have much more to say about Gradle next time. I'm hoping to do a live uh, Groovy podcast from the Gradle Summit, see who I can round up who's there, and, and we'll take care of that. You're, you're not planning to attend, is that right? No, unfortunately, I will be in Detroit doing a couple of uh, meetups there uh, in this time, but, but please... By all means, um, send my regards, of course, to, to um, all our friends there and try to record something. Uh, of course, a lot of usual suspects for the interviews in this podcast will be there. Uh, so uh, please do. I know that um, Andrei Hovansky is coming. 
so um, we didn't speak with him for a while if at all so I think he's a very good candidate and of course um, Cedric is going to be there yes. and a bunch of other people that are a very a good potential interviewers for you so please do oh definitely I, I, it's only two days so I'm gonna have to grab people at the end of the first day before people start scattering uh, but I'll, I'll definitely see if I can do that. In fact, I'll try to arrange some of that ahead of time, see if we can actually, I know it goes against our grain, but maybe actually schedule a groovy podcast and meet that schedule. You know, it just seems so oh, unlikely, you know. The heresy, <laughs> the heresy. Now, I Scheduling that, the podcast. Now, we'll, so we'll have much more to say about that then. Now, uh, I mentioned, of course, Gradle has their release candidate and Groovy has a beta. Well, uh, and Grails has a 3.3 milestone release as well, though I didn't add that to the show notes. But, of course, we cannot neglect Griffin. Griffin actually did release version 2.11. For those who are not familiar with Griffin or don't haven't had a chance to play with it, uh, first of all, if you're in the U.S., you, you need to keep in mind it's spelled with the European spelling. It's G-R-I-F-F-O-N. It's not spelled like <laughs> Peter or Stewie, you know. Uh, Griffin is basically your desktop groovy solution. It is a, a model view controller separation as an original fork from the, the Grails approach, but is completely different now. It allows you to make a desktop UI with groovy and, and groovy and Java related UI libraries. And it's very well done. The Andre Salmire, I believe, is still the head of that project. And that's uh, good to see how active they still are. Yep, yep. That's that's. A, it still brings the same benefits until we see any other framework for desktop development for Java or JVM in general, which are is not in the site. So um, Griffin still have this unique um, benefit of of doing that. So yeah, absolutely. It's good to see that it's keep on kicking. Yeah, the desktop Java community is a small but very vocal one. They don't like to be overlooked, and that's, that's of course, legitimate. Uh, speaking of Andre Salmire, by the way, did you see that he has started a new newsletter? Oh, no, I didn't see that. He did. He tweeted about it. I put a link in the show notes, and you can subscribe to it. His first issue of the newsletter is called, of all things, Gradle Project Properties. Uh, I have a link in there as well uh, in the show notes to that, and it's discussing all the places where you could set properties in the Gradle.properties file and where it might go and in build.gradle and so on and so on. Uh, but there's a link, and you can subscribe to that, and I look forward to seeing what he ultimately does with that. We definitely don't talk about Andres enough on this, uh, on this podcast. Uh, he's yeah, one of the very impressive members of the community, very bright, very humble, uh, he does a lot of presentations in many of the Groovy conferences along with uh, Ishel uh, Ruiz as well. So that's that's nice. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So uh, I mentioned that. Uh, there was, again, one more thing about Gradle is that there was another blog post uh, by Josh Burton called How to Speed Up Your Slow Gradle Builds. Now, that it's a blog post, but it's not original, as he even says. It's a, basically a summary of a talk that was given at Google I.O., a couple of weeks ago on uh, speeding up Android build, you know, for Gradle. And they, again, all that stuff is part of the joint effort that Gradle and, and Google are making together to improve the performance on that side. But at any rate, if you're interested in the blog post, I made sure to put it in the in the show notes as well as a link to the, 
to the talk at Google I.O. as well. Yeah, and um, our dear friends, uh, friend Sergio Delamo published a blog post um, regarding a great, great config you and his takes um, out of it, what he learned. Um, he writes about this uh, project called uh, LUTCraft, um, which apparently creates tons of useful chatbots. Um, he summarizes um, some t talks that he heard about um, Grail 3 and uh, Codenark, um, a new um, Grail 3 profile in Vadin, etc., um, etc. Et so, yeah, uh, groovycalamari.com. Was that in the Groovy Calamari? Yeah, groovycalamari.com. Okay, because I, I was looking at the latest Groovy Calamari, and he was talking about bots and static code analyzers, and uh, I didn't look at too much detail. It must have been in a previous issue to that. Uh, but, of course, we always want to recommend uh, Sergio's uh, Ruby Calamari as a, an excellent source of information. Again, if it, if it wasn't for that one, we might not have a, a podcast at all. Right? That's true. Along with Jakob Mickelson's... Uh, you know, Grail's diary. Yeah. Oh, here is something that I wanted to ask you looking at the show notes. Um, ah. How was um, the Groovy, the Google Home counterpart of the Alexa talks that uh, um, uh, Ryan did uh, um, uh, this time? Yeah, I mean, Ryan did, Ryan Vanderwerf, again, who was uh, on the podcast last time, uh, gave a, a workshop on using. Uh, not just Google Home, but uh, everything. I think he's basically our guy who does the. What do you call those tools collectively? I'm not the the uh, Internet of Things, I guess, approach yeah. to. Yeah, uh, and especially those are voice user interface uh, gadgets, I guess. Yeah, I mean, what the Google Home stuff is not as attractive to a regular, you know, developer as perhaps the Amazon stuff is, because mm -hmm. it's not really as much of an API. It's much more of a, hey, we'll let you tie into our AI uh, approach for voice recognition and everything. But it's it feels mm -hmm. much more like a scripting thing, where you just declare mm -hmm. you know, the terms you want it to recognize and how you want, them to rec how to want it to recognize them and, and what to do in response. So he has done a lot of work with uh, Amazon, you know, with Amazon Lambda especially, you know, and tying that into the Echo. Uh, but this time he gave a talk, as you mentioned, and it's in the show notes, on uh, using Google Home as well. Right. And I have right. one of those. Right. I haven't tried to create my own app yet. I'm still searching for the right one. By the way, it occurs to me that what a very, you know, because voice interfaces are not that easy to navigate. It occurs to me that what might be a nice little app, and there's probably a dozen of them already now that I say it, uh, would be, remember those old text-based adventure games like Zork or, oh, or yes, Adventure yes, or whatever? Yes, Wouldn't that yes. be natural, you know? For they, like I, I think there are a couple of them already yeah. in Alexa. I know that my kids are, are playing and um, one of them is called, if I remember correctly, Magical Door, I think. And there are a bunch of others. And they are text adventures with the voice user interface. Um, it's lovely. It's just great. Well, at uh, any rate, uh, Ryan did a talk about that at GreatConf, and he also posted his slides. But what, in addition to that, he also, of course, being active as part of OCI now, posted a new Grails guide. 
so that you could use a what she called a Google Home guide, you know, and I've got it in the show notes, but it's using a Grails backend for the functionality. And he explains how to deploy all this stuff on the Google Cloud and, and how to have uh, the, the Google Home app access all of that and all the hoops you have to go through to get that work to work. So I believe that if I ever do get an idea or even just an, you know, a hankering to do a Hello World version of some uh, app on there, that I definitely will follow that guide. Uh, Sergio, of course, I'm, I think it's Sergio. He's also the one who's very active with producing the Grails uh, guides, right? Yes, yes. Yes, and, and I haven't listed all the new ones that are in there, you know, this, this since our last podcast. But if you just go to guides.grails.org, there's becoming quite an extensive set of guides available there. Uh, mm -hmm. We are, at Gradle, we're trying to imitate a lot of that. I mean, we're building our own guides.gradle.org, and, and we're just finishing the rev revision of the, the new uh, UI. But again, I didn't mean to distract from the, the value that is being provided by grails.org but guides.grails.org. Uh, Sergio is putting out roughly one new one a week and sometimes even more than one, especially if, as we say, like Ryan is able to put out one in addition. Yep. Yeah, no, they, they, they do a great job with those guides. And uh, I think this format is, uh, they found the right format, right? It's relatively lightweight. The users don't need to plan like a whole uh, a lot of time for, to invest in those and they provide immediate value. So yeah, they, they are they are lovely. I'm gonna be interested in seeing how they scale it. Uh, we're gonna imitate one thing that they did, uh, which is that they, uh, they've managed to attach labels to the guides, and there's a little search box at the top that allows you to filter by label. So I think that's mm -hmm. gonna be one way to help these things scale. We're gonna have to see how that works out in the long run uh, as we get more and more, but it's gotta be helpful to give basically getting started mechanisms for these technologies to, to new people. So at any rate, I haven't seen all the details of the presentation yet. I do; It's on my list of things to watch, but I did breeze through the, the guide itself, and it looked very valuable. And again, if I do get a, a hankering to write one of these things, that's definitely the way I would recommend going. Now, speaking Sounds of good. great comp, pardon me? Yeah, oh. yeah no, I think, I think that that's, that's a good idea. Okay, now uh, speaking of great comp, because again, Ryan gave his talks there. Uh, some of the slides and eventually the videos from great comp for the EU have started to make their way online. I put a couple links in there, like for example, uh, speaking of desktop Groovy, you know, Sasha Klein, uh, Alexander Klein, has, has put up his Groovy FX slides, uh, which I believe is a Groovy DSL on top of Java FX as well. And again, that's for the desktop crowd. I have not done much with Java FX, but I know people who have. And in general, the sense I get from people is that they really like it, is that it's certainly a major improvement over the old swing, you know, UI classes and everything. Uh, so at any rate, put the, the link in the show notes. So and anything by by Sasha Klein is very good. So yeah. Definitely so I think Canoe uh, doing a lot of stuff, obviously with uh, with JavaFX and mm. in all flavors, including Groovy. So uh, yeah, so uh, I think that's uh, that might be uh, an interesting uh, interesting talk to watch. Absolutely. 
it's a specialty topic, but it's one of the really interesting ones, and it's very useful if you have that problem to solve. You know, uh, speaking of great conf, one of the uh, also nice things is that um, Danny uh, Danny Hyun uh, has a tendency not just to put his slides online, but to actually write up an ASCII doc, you know, and generate full HTML materials for workshops he does. And he put a nice set of materials up for his mastering async in Rat Pack talk. Uh, I am starting to see places using Rat Pack more and more. I am starting to see that actually get into the mainstream. I think there was a thread on Twitter recently about how Target is using Rat Pack internally for several different applications. Um, but at uh, any rate, getting back to that, Danny put his slides online, and it's definitely worth taking a look at, uh, not just the slides, but the, the full materials uh, in there. And if you go along with that, combine that with, uh, I suppose, the Learning Rat Pack book by, wait a minute, who wrote that Learning Rat Pack book? I forget exactly. I don't know. I think it just appeared out of the blue. I don't believe someone actually put any effort in it. Yeah, some guy I think you're supposed to unfollow. That's about all I remember about it. Yeah, no, I, I don't think, I think it's fake news. I don't think he actually did something. Well, between that book and the Danny's uh, materials, I think you'd have a good sense of how to work with Rat Pack. And one of its best features, of course, is how elegantly it handles uh, asynchronicity and, and coordination of, of things that are supposed to be happening at different times and how it separates a, a thread pool for the things that must happen synchronously to the, from the a thread pool for the things that are happening asynchronously. It's really an elegant solution. When combined with Netty, they get enormously great throughput. Uh, on that yeah, yeah, and 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 I think that Danny uh, did hear some comparisons with uh, uh, Rails uh, um, uh, scalability, and that's that's pretty funny, uh, funny comparison to watch when um, people were proud of back in 2015, not that long ago, um, at 2,000 requests per second um, mm. for 30. On 30 app servers that run um, uh, as, a, as, a, as a cluster, and then he provides his comparison of a completely different uh, scale running on a red pack, actually making doing much better job. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah. even even if you don't plan to do the whole uh, the whole tutorial and the, and the whole workshop, it's still a very nice read by itself. Uh, just seeing the material out there, Danny is uh, Danny is amazing. He does a great job, and uh, I, I think kudos go to ASCII Doc as well and ASCII Doctor, uh, mm. because uh, putting those notes can be a lot of effort and uh, making it easy and uh, making stuff like you know code publishing code uh, with the formatting and referencing to the code in the notes very easy. It's something that makes those uh, kind of tutorials more um, uh, easy to create. And then, of course, uh, we all benefit from it. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and of course, Rat Pack is always focused on performance. I think it was, uh, well, Dan Woods, you know, that guy. Uh, over oh, a year ago. that guy. Yeah, you know, him. Um, I think it was over a year ago, he was doing demos where he was able to demonstrate, you know, was it nearly a million requests a second or something like yeah. something absurd like that? And uh, that was a somewhat contrived problem, but just the fact you're able to achieve that was rather remarkable. 
um, of course, I have to mention Dan because he got a mention in the preface of the new Spock up and running book, which is now actually in print by Rob Fletcher. Uh, in the preface, uh, at the end of his discussion about how you know Spock and all the features and everything, he did remind everyone that they're supposed to unfollow Dan Veloper right there in the preface. Nicely done uh, for Rob Fletcher. Yep, of course, of course. Well, yeah, you so have to. There are things that you must do. Yeah, we've been mentioning that book for a couple of podcasts now because it's been in various stages of production, but now it's actually out in print. So if you wanted your copy or your signed copy or whatever, they are now available. So that's that's nice to see. Uh, by the way, that I is. I hope Rob Rob will be at. I hope Rob will be at Great Confuse and will bring some books with him so we can grab a copy and and uh, get it signed. Yeah, I hope His so. His plans uh, are. We can we can check the agenda and see if it's there. Oh yeah, easy there. enough to check because uh, they they have all the talks and the, the speakers and everything uh, available on that now. Uh, he's not listed as a speaker, but he may be there anyway. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing, let's see, what else do we have here? Speaking of back to the uh, great conf idea. We also have some slides that were updated by Paul King. Anything by Paul King is good. And he has updated his presentation, which has the great title, Groovy the Awesome Parts. So that's always a, a very popular talk when he gives that one. And he's updated his slides for that. So I put a link to the show notes in that as well. And I know there'll be many, many more talks and eventually videos coming out of that, but that's all the stuff I added from GreatConf directly. It it's seemed to me, based on what was coming out of it, that it was a very successful conference. People really did enjoy it. And I'm sure the U.S. one will, will be very uh, popular as well. And uh, from there, we will uh, both be here, and uh, we will both podcast from there and interview people and have a lot of fun. I'm actually not scheduled. No? Well, oh my I, God! No, I, you have to come. It was it's my own. It's in the area. Yeah, it was my own fault. I, I thought oh. I had a conflict and didn't submit something. And then when the deadline went by and it turned out I didn't have a conflict or not much of one, I sent a message directly to who I thought was one of the organizers and said, "Hey, I'm willing to do this, this, and this," and never heard back. And I don't think they're actually an organizer. So in other words, I, I've really dropped the ball on that. But I'll, I'll see if there's some way I can somehow swing coming by anyway. Yeah, you, know? you should just come, of course. I think. Yeah. Well. Yep. Uh, we'll have to see how that goes. But at any rate, uh, you may have to carry the ball yourself on that one, you know, and grab somebody there to to do the podcast with you. Um, now, a couple, oh, couple yep. last items. Uh, there was a nice little framework announced, an interesting little one called Jexler. Did you hear about this? Yeah, I, I, I heard something, but I, unfortunately, I didn't look into it. Yeah, it, the only disappointing thing about it is they spelled it with a J rather than a G. It would have been amusing mm -hmm. to spell it Jexler with a G and then argue endlessly about the correct <laughs> pronunciation. But uh, it even looks like it has a vague, vaguely Batman-shaped logo, so that's all good. Uh, by the way, I don't know if you noticed, I have my henchman shirt on. Oh, uh, that's very nice. Yeah, well, this is partly in honor of you know of Adam West and and. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. It's too bad. Uh, but at any rate, Jexler, as they say, is a simple, as he says on the website, relaxed, groovy framework for starting and stopping groovy scripts as services and enabling them to react to events of their choice. 
great for prototyping and useful for automating. They have a shell tool and, and a web GUI if you want it and how to handle HTTP requests and uh, various use cases and everything on the website. So uh, again, by the way, you can tell that it clearly was written in ASCII doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, of course, of course. Um, I definitely look forward to, to breezing through that. It looks, it has the nice feature of looking to be very simple and easy to get up to speed on. And I think it ties in nicely with the discussion lately about, as you say, uh, DevOps. You know, because exactly yes, yes, no, absolutely. One of the one of the downsides of Groovy comparing to other languages um, for for DevOps was the lack of this kind of integration into an operating system. Mm. Stuff mm. like uh, like the services, etc. So um, it's good to see, and it's definitely a step in the in the right direction. And uh, it looks it looks very um, as as you mentioned, very very nice and cute and. Uh, hopefully does the job so um yeah definitely you should use it and you should check it out if only for the logo if only for the logo right <laughs> yeah the logo is something something else now uh, also andrew writes i think it's rights isn't it i know he told me and i i feel bad i forgot i i r-e-i-t-z i think it's it if it's german it's pronounced rights right mm -hmm. so uh any rate andrew writes has been busy with the Groovy plugin for Android. He's released another version of that. And along with that, like a day or two later, released the Spock Android library for running Spock tests on Android as well. Uh, I, I will be at the Gradle Summit. I do intend to corner one of the Google people there. You know, I'll see if I can grab one of them and say, look, now that you've recognized Kotlin as a first level language on Android, why not Groovy? You know, I mean, what's wrong yep. with supporting it? Uh, because last year, when I when I grabbed one of those guys and asked that exact same question, the attitude was, "Well, we're we're going to be technology agnostic. We'll just stick with the JVM and see how that goes." And now, of course, everything seems to have changed. So I'll try to see if I can get an answer to that question. I'm not optimistic. Uh, there's <laughs> also rumors around that eventually Android's going to ditch the JVM and go to languages like Go and Rust and everything. They have their own uh, virtual machine, and you know, who knows? You know, it, it nothing was announced related to that at Google I/O, so we have at least another year. Yeah, so I think one of the reasons um, things changed was because of all this uh, Oracle uh, suit going on, and and I th think they they uh, proactively try to. Uh, keep away from Java as as much as possible. Uh, so Kotlin uh, is the easy way out of um, all Android is Java um, thing. Uh, and also, uh, from what I heard uh, from the um, proponents of Kotlin on Android, um, it's actually was designed with this use case in mind as opposite to Groovy. So mm -hmm. the the foot the footprint is much smaller. The yeah. performance is much better on Android, uh, and and that's why um, when people choose uh, what to use on Android, if, if not Java, um, they prefer Kotlin over over uh, Groovy. I of course personally think that it's heresy, but this is what they say. Well, it's true that Groovy, of course, is much older than that and has a much more general profile. I think a lot of the move to Kotlin was also because of Java 8 not being supported on Android until very, very recently. And 
people were looking for all the advantages that Groovy brings them. I mean, there was a blog post not long ago uh, by Steve Yeagy talking about how wonderful Kotlin is, and it was all about exposure to Android again and how he didn't like Android, but now he's going to give it another try, and he fell in love with Kotlin. And when he listed all his reasons, you know, again, 80% of them were things we've been doing in Groovy for 10 years. You know? exactly. I, in fact, yes. was in the process of preparing a long, detailed response to that in a blog post, and I'm still sitting on that at the moment, mostly because I'm a coward. I, I don't really want to generate too much controversy in the industry. I don't want to be too critical. Uh, but we'll see. You know, eventually, maybe I will release that just to say something. Well, like, Look, if you like Kotlin, you'll love Groovy. Exactly. You know, that's exactly. Good. You can you can take it in very positive way and just saying uh, exactly that. If you love if you like Kotlin, you'd love Groovy because um, it it has all that plus additional features that we all know and love that do not exist in Kotlin. And of course, Andrew writes from working on the Groovy plugin is always careful to use compile static wherever possible so that they can get the better performance there as well. But of course the build the build size is not going to be as small as it will be under Kotlin. And of course you've got JetBrains pushing Kotlin very hard. And that's fine. It's just that I'm still hoping that Groovy will eventually be accepted as a reasonable alternative there. It's just hard to make much progress when you basically have one guy working on the plugin in his spare time, you know. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, again, I'll I'll see if I can learn something at the Gradle Summit from the Google people to see if any uh, if I can get any reaction on that at all. Uh, I also okay. the last thing I put in the show notes. Uh, I know we mentioned it last time, but I just want to mention it again. I really like that Good Times library that was added uh, to take a, to add a lot of groovy, you know, <laughs> nice uh, usability features to the Java eight date time library, you know, because in the Groovy mm -hmm. JDK we have all these additions to date and calendar, but they haven't done much with local date, local time, zone date time, all these different things. And the Good Times library has gone to great lengths to take care of all those issues. Uh, I'm really just looking for an excuse to use it. I, I really like the <laughs> okay. for that. Okay. okay. Um, I have that to do. Good. A couple of minor things on the self-promotion side, uh, the shameless self-promotion, I suppose we call it. Uh, one thing, By all means. Oh, well, okay, and I, I'll try not to overdo it. Uh, one thing is that my Grails 3 videos are now available at Safari. I have uh, four different videos out there. These are at shop.oreilly.com, but of course they prefer it. If you have a Safari subscription, they're available immediately. So I've got a, a bunch of extensive stuff out that out there and hopefully they will garner some interest well I'll let you know you know to see how that happens but at least they're available I know OCI is creating virtual training classes around Grails 3 as well Jeff Brown's doing some of those uh, so that keep an eye out on on the OCI Twitter feed and on Jeff Brown's feed for the details on those the other thing I have to mention on my own side is I uh, I guess I mentioned to you I should say for those of you who are watching on the YouTube side um, I'm getting rather fuzzy here, and it's not just because, you know, that I want to be more and more like Baruch, you know, as we go. Which is the, the actual reason, of course, we all know. Yeah, but I can't be that obvious, you know, that's a little creepy if you go that direction, so it just has to be subtle, you know, just, you know, how married couples start to look like each other over time or that sort of thing, you know, well, that's, again, I'm, I don't want to get too creepy, but we're headed that way. 
Uh, actually, the, the a lot of the reason for the beard is that uh, a couple of weeks ago, I told my wife I was not going to shave again until I released a draft of my book. Until the whole book, my my book called Modern Java Recipes, that you know features all the recipes for the new features in Java eight and nine to some degree as well, uh, has is completed, and I'm in the home stages. I mean, it should be completely submitted and everything within a week, uh, or I don't want to say or die trying, but it's going to be tough, you know. <laughs> so yeah, so we, we we'll see you with the ZZ Top kind of build very soon, I guess. That's right, you know. So by the Gradle Summit, it's either going to be in or I'm going to be in big trouble. Uh, we'll see <laughs> how that goes, and yeah, I'll be headed toward the ZZ Top approach definitely. Uh, so I wanted to mention those things. Is there anything else you wanted to bring up? Anything you're doing or anywhere you're going? Uh, yeah, so uh, groovy, uh, groovy perspective. Uh, great confuse is coming, uh, coming, approaching fast, and I'm very excited about that. And mm -hmm. um, as I mentioned, the, the DevOps edition makes not only me happy, but also uh, Jeffrog happy in general because this is our bed and butter. And seeing that the, the community that we really love and and conference, which is our kind of one of our home conferences, getting into more and more um, into the domain that we really care about actually makes make us all very happy. And and uh, this time uh, going to Greyconf will be even more rewarding for me. So I'm very excited about that. I, I do still believe it is my favorite conference of all of them to go to. I, I always oh, have yes. a wonderful time there. It's a, it's a great community and uh, no pun intended actually, but I mean, it, it really is. They're a very friendly and helpful bunch of people. and. You know, I welcome as many people there as possible. And it's also the home base for the Great Ladies organization, too. So hopefully there'll be people from uh, representing that area also as well. So that's all in Minneapolis. That's July 26th through 28th. Uh, so I hope we will, we will, not I hope, I'm sure we will We will speak by then and you will report back from the Gradle Summit that right. I look forward to hear your, um, uh, your summary of, of that. So um, good luck with the book. Uh, enjoy the conference, and uh, we'll speak soon. Oh, well, thank you. You have a good time as well, and I will talk to you as soon as possible. Take care. Bye-bye.